Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns Vodin, and I'm joined by oh, I, you know what? It feels so weird. Yeah, <laughs> I come from. I just rolled straight into my usual one, which I guess is a a nice way to to start off the show. I guess with a, yeah. with a little announcement too. Uh, so the voice you can hear is is the wonderful Jonas Lorenzen, longtime guest of the show, fan favorite. I think at this point, um, the creator of Nabala. Executive chef extraordinaire. Anything else? Not executive chef anymore, but uh, yeah, hey. I still do. I still do dabble. Still dabbling a little chefer. Yeah, here and there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's good to be back, and uh, yeah, strange to to be here without Matthias, of course. But uh, but uh, we we. <coughs> Yeah, it is. But we will we'll we'll make it work. We'll we'll have a good time either which way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. No, I think always, um, always. so for anybody who hasn't seen because there, there will be a bunch of people who listen to this and they haven't seen on Facebook, seen followers on Instagram or whatever. Um Matthias is taking a step back as co-host. Uh things have just got a little too confusing at the minute with him i think he's got a lot going on um and also schedule a lot of it was scheduling time scales because obviously a lot of our guests are european based so i mean obviously i'm in the uk where just an hour difference Mateus is seven hours before me so he's having to try and record in the middle of the day and scheduling wise it just wasn't working obviously had having the new baby put a another pressure on that we were just cancelling episodes and we just couldn't get into that rhythm that we had before. And I think he, he was getting frustrated himself having to, to miss episodes. Yeah. So he's going to take a step back. We're going to, he's still going to come on as kind of frequent guests when he can. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I said from the start, that as long as people want me to keep doing this, then I'll just keep doing it. I have a, I have a lot of yeah. fun. I have a lot of fun conversations with people. I, it, it's funny because as soon as we kind of put the announcement out, people automatically go to, Oh, they must have had some falling out. Like that was like one of the comments. Mm, yeah. I was like, "Oh, the, I wonder what's happened." It's like there's no. They met and Midgard's blood finally, and they couldn't stand each other. That whole that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There is, yeah, there's that, and it's like, no, we, you know, I, I love the guy. I've had more conversations with him than I have with any other person on the planet. Like in depth, real kind of one on one, locked in conversations, and it's like, yeah, I live into pieces, but it just doesn't work, and the doors always open when hopefully things settle down. There's mm. the seat back here waiting for him. But I think we've worked too hard. I said to him as well, like we've worked too hard to just kind of call it a day. We've built too yeah. much for that. I'd rather try and keep it going, um, and then he can come back when he's when he's ready, rather than just stop. So this is the first one that you've done. Since the announcement, yeah, Offic- officially, yeah. So last week officially. I did one with, last week I did one with Benny Bratton. Um, oh yeah, who that was just me and him again. But unfortunately, that was again just complications of timing. Mateus had to kind of drop out just before. Oh, yeah. I think that was yeah. it. Was just it's just an accumulation of a bunch of different things, and I think it, it is probably the right time for him to kind of take a little bit more time for him yeah. and his family and just Absolutely. and just get it all back. But, Absolutely, oh, man. I mean, he he's back next week. We're gonna we're gonna do an episode and sit down and chat, and hopefully, I'm go, I'm gonna try and set it up that he can teach me everything that he thinks that I need to know before he leaves. 
Like any anything that he's like In one episode. Yeah, yeah, this is what you these you are really the baselines. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. but I mean, even before the announcement, we were we both decided that we wanted to take the podcast back in more of an educational route. Like we I still love having, you know, popular culture guests on, but I think we we stepped a little too far that direction and kind of moved a little too far away from still getting those educational bases mm. to it. So I think this is going to be a good thing for the listeners, particularly ones who like that, because it's going to force us to book kind of scholarly and expert guests that I can have one-on-one conversations with and really sure. like, like it's, I guess he's kind of almost taking it back to the old days with me and Mateus, where it's just one-on-one with an expert. We're mm. going to be getting back to that, where it's just me and a different expert each week in their field and just, we're gonna sit and have a have a good conversation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. And I mean, we had we've... to okay. get around the whole pop culture thing, of course. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, on. yeah. it's finding that balance it's relevant as well, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It is. It's finding that balance, but I think a lot of people do like that heavy. Well, not not. It's not too heavy because I think that's what made made us stand out in the first place. Was that mm-hmm. we had like the balance between the education and the humor and, and all having a lot of fun. Um, but I think we just kind of missed out on it a little bit. And, and I'd like to bring back, especially I love learning. I love learning new things. I love having like my mind blown by something and being like, what? No way. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And there's no shortage of people out there that investigate all kinds of weird ass things and comparative stuff with with viking age stuff and and, and mm-hmm. the northern european history in general i mean so uh yeah yeah I, I get that that's cool yeah yeah absolutely and then i think in the episodes where we do have like a, a popular culture guest on we've got enough people we've made you know we've made enough contacts or we've had enough friends of the show like yourself like josh like runa that we can lean on for those episodes and say, okay, well, this is the kind of the topic we're looking at. Would you find us coming on and being a guest host for this? And then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> with so, a little yeah. pup- puppy trying to jump up on my knee. Yeah. Let, let, let him come. Who's this one? This is Rocco, the little sweetheart. So yeah, Rocco's, uh, me and him have just been, we've just been on a little adventure around Europe the last few weeks. Oh, uh, that was from we went to to Norway for for Christmas and then we went to Spain for New Year. So we've uh, <laughs> we've had a, a ride adventure. I don't have a dog, but I do have a f- huge on, huge man. fuck off fruit bat out in out in the tree. Oh wow! Before I went in, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can try to grab it and capture then, it. Just sit here and cuddle a fruit bat while we talk. Would that be cool? <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be it would be cool but uh no let's let's, let's jump into the to the episode obviously we'll we'll talk me and we'll talk more about like, me and Mateus in the future next week when yes. it's me and him so um for sure yeah let's talk let's start with Nabala. uh obviously you've had some live shows let's do that and then we're going to look at what i'm really excited about is like sexuality in the viking sure. age and, and we can still kind of- we can still uh milk that cow i'm sure absolutely even though we have done oh. it a few, uh, for a few episodes but there's always more there's there's low hanging fruit there with sexuality and milking cows and milking things and there's all sorts of jokes we can do 
This is a great subject, isn't it? So, yeah. uh, you, you set them up and I'll just proverbially try and knock them down. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, okay, well, Nabala. So obviously, have you been on since Castlefest? Uh, uh, have think. I been? Have I been on? What do you on mean? On the show, yeah. Since Castle, since on uh, since Midgard, no, no, we did, we did something. I was wondering whether you'd been on since you did the first show, Castlefest, and I can't remember. No, no. So this is the first time since any live show. Obviously, we did we did something at Midgard's plot, um, yeah. which was three hours. Yeah, I think right. We haven't released it yet. We. Okay. I misplaced some files. I do have them. I just haven't got them to to run to edit yet. But it's all good, man. It's all good. So yeah, it is the first. It is the first time. But in that case, um, uh, that was anyway just like a fucking slapdash interview right there. We did at, at Make Us mm-hmm. Good. It was fun though. It was fun. Uh, it was yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun, but but it was there was a lot of people about. We had people jumping in and off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in these one-on-one conversations where we can get sure. into the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty of the whole thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean it was it was incredible to to get Nibala out there finally in front of mm-hmm. a, 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 a actually two very I would say <laughs> for a for a band that has just released its first. Uh, album or for a project that's just released its first album, I would say pretty pretty privileged that Castlefest and Mikas both wanted to, you know, jump the gun and say, okay, fine, like like let's let's get you on because uh, you know we we haven't built up a massive fan base or anything like that yet. So mm-hmm. that was incredibly felt incredibly privileged. So huge thanks to to Castlefest and Mikas both for for taking the chance on us. But um, uh, yeah. It was incredible. Like Castle Fest, of course, was the first one. So always first time jitters and mm-hmm. everything that could go wrong went wrong, of course, technically. And so on. I'm not going to bore the audience with that. But, you know, there was a lot. There was a lot. I know you, 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 you said that, but obviously I, you know, I, I made the journey over and, and came and. You were incredible, watch. man. Like you saved our merch booth. Like that was amazing. So, you just came driving all the way down to uh, <laughs> yeah. to fucking Amsterdam, and, bro. We shared we shared a bed. We shared a bed. We did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had that. You had that little that little Marvel. Uh, what was it like? Avengers blanket with you? Or yeah, I did. Like, yeah, I still yeah. have that. It's in my storage oh, now. Yeah. Yes, you do. I've been carrying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I've, yes, I, 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 for anybody, I, I drove over with with the merch. I think there was some, they were delayed. Uh, there was an issue so with the delivery. Be, yeah. Being a good friend, I, I, I drove all the way from England to Amsterdam, um, and we didn't have a room, so I, we, we shared a bed for the night, and yeah. then just drove back in the morning. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what you do. It's no, it incredible. was incredible. It was good. It was um, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the the show. And you were saying about technical difficulties, I didn't I didn't pick up on it. Obviously, I'm not musically gifted. No, I mean nice there weren't. I mean, when we actually played, the only technically technical difficulty that was there itself is one that you wouldn't be able to hear. It's just that we our in ear sound was terrible. Again, like I'm not going to bore people with that. Uh, but it was just like it was the conditions with which we played which felt really difficult like not being able to hear there was mm-hmm. something with the frequencies that had 
been messed up because of all kinds of shit that, that happened yeah. earlier in the day. Uh, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, these things also happened on, on Highland tours and, and, you know, it's like, it's not, it's very common that these things happen. And as you go along, you get better at figuring out how to create different systems and different, you know, measures, take different measures in order for, you know, to, to minimize the kind of field where things can, can go wrong, like to make that mm -hmm. as slim as, as, as possible. Yeah as small as possible. Uh, but anyway, so we had terrible sound, couldn't hear a goddamn thing. Uh, so for some, but for some, for some reason we made it anyway. Like it sounded good. It, it sounded good for everybody else. And I, and, uh, and you know, yeah. you could tell by the reaction that you got. Um, it was incredible. Like it was really incredible. Like I feel people were really trancing out, like, uh, especially, uh, towards the last couple of songs, mm -hmm. uh, that had more of that tribal trance beat to them. People were completely losing it. It felt like I was at some kind of psychedelic festival or something like that. You know, like did it feel a tripping out? Did you feel a little bit like a cult leader? Uh, no. Did Did you get any? Because I'd be overrun with power. Because you have like I don't know. You feel like you Good have point. like everybody at your your fingertips, um, and and that must be a surreal feeling. It's a good point. I mean. It, yeah. Sorry, sorry, which carry finish oh. um for anybody who, who hasn't listened to the other shows, you did you, you know you used to be in High Lung, but it mm. was uh, uh were you one of the warriors? But oh, it no. wasn't it wasn't what like are you talking about one of the warriors I I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> even even Rocco's upset. Even Rocco's upset at that. <laughs> even Rocco's upset. It sounds like a sounds like I'm dissing on the Warriors now. Like I mean, they're obviously. Okay. Like, but uh... okay, but it, <laughs> okay, it wasn't in in terms of like the 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 main three front people. No, right? no, of course not. No, no, no. Oh, no I, mean, I thought true, I'd missed something. I thought I'd missed something major. That was the point I was trying to make. Was that obviously with Nabali, you are the front kind of on your own. You look very different to the rest of the band as well. You're kind of all mm. in white. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is that it actually got more to me with Hylum, actually. Okay. Like the, the fame. Uh, really? And all that. And, and that's because, at least that's my own theory, because on these tours, I'm, I was the band leader, right? So my responsibilities were sky high. You know, having to make everything work out, like dealing, and also because we're not a big enough band yet to have like a a, a full on tour tour manager and and all that kind of stuff. So we all kind of share the load there. But like, I have to deal with people's shuttles and and all kinds of stuff. Like, so I'm also like a you know like a fucking tour manager and mm -hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. So yeah. like, especially at Vegas, but like at, at Castle Fest, I had more help. Like Rob, our percussionist, was was doing most of that actually mm -hmm. um or at least 50 50 i would say um if not more probably more to be fair uh because that was his turf you know his hood and he's been doing all this kind of stuff when he was in omnia before have you heard about them omnia that band no i haven't uh, i think a lot of the listeners might know them. they were really big they were like a, 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 they were like the first big pagan band like that Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, from, from the Netherlands. So he's done these kind of things uh, um, 
before. Uh, so, yeah. so of course. But what I'm trying to say is that there was so much responsibility on my head that that like I was just thinking about everything, everyone else being okay yeah. and being ready, and then, then you know getting everyone to you know are you meeting at this time and making the plans and you know all the kind of stuff, the schedules and so on and so forth. So there's a time to really feel like a a fucking huge rock star, and also you know like I, but, I mean, but, but more. But more so, like in the moment, in the like moment, when you, what, in the, like what's what's going through your mind? Because obviously, I'm never going to be in a position where I'm on stage with, you know, a good. I, I don't know exactly how many people were there, but two thousand megas blood, yeah, two thousand megas blood, and almost ten thousand classic fest. Yeah, so I'm never going to be on stage in that moment. So, like, how does that feel? Like, are you conscious of, or does everybody kind of blend into one wave of people? Of course, there are moments, there are moments, uh, you know, if I can be like, uh, like to be completely honest and completely vulnerable about it, of course, there are moments when you're standing on stage like that and you're the front man or whatever, uh, and you're looking at everybody and they're there, they're singing. you can see people, some, some of the people in at Mika's Blood, like quite a, quite a few actually at the front, uh, the front couple of rows knew the lyrics already and stuff like that, you know, like, mm-hmm. whoa, this something I've created and all of a sudden you're like, oh, me, you know, or, yeah, or yeah. you're like, oh, and, or, or if, 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 you know, if I did some kind of vocal line really powerfully and I could sort of feel that in the moment and it, it came out, yeah. I would get this kind of, there's this fucking amazing YouTube clip of Luciano Pavarotti, like, you know, like one of the greatest opera singers that's ever walked the, this planet. Are you, are you comparing yourself to Pavarotti already? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I, no, are you? No. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Right? I am way below his, uh, his capabilities. But um, there's a moment where he's just sung Nessun Dorma, which is one of like the famous, most famous. That one that everyone knows. And when he ends and he's gone up and he's done that big crescendo, this, they zoom into his face and he does like this kind of, I'm fucking amazing. Like it's almost like he's <laughs> yeah. like realizing it in that moment. It's like, fuck you all like I'm yeah. the king here, you know like you yeah. know so of course I had a, a, a couple of Pavarotti moments at, at, <laughs> in where I was like whoa like, this sounded yeah. incredible or this felt incredible or whatever but but it's never like it's never it, it's not power like with, with Heilung because I wasn't doing all those things and I was just you know, uh, along for the ride. Of course, there are certain things I have to take care of, but it wasn't really that much. Just learning this music that wasn't so that took like once once that was in, that was in. So I was just along for the ride, and it was just I could really bask in all that sort of like glory, you know, like and it mm-hmm. kind of messed with my head. And I had to sort of like pull myself back and slap myself a couple of times, going, like, "What the fuck are you on about?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So, but of course, I mean, fame, fame is a fame is a fickle friend, as they say, right? You know. Uh, yeah, it's it's easy done. Like, I had like three people over the period of mid gospel like, oh, you Daniel from the podcast, and then I was walking around like I was two foot taller. I was exactly. like, oh, fucking, hell. this is this is all right. <laughs> it was like three people. Yeah, I was, it was, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm I'm walking a little bit more confident here. So it's, 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 easy, yeah. it's easily done. 
It is totally easily done. It's very, very easy to 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 fall that down that thing when you start thinking that you're that you're some big shit. But you, mm-hmm. but the thing is, like, I know that if I start thinking that way, my my art is going to become shit because I'll be doing it for the wrong reasons. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. And we were talking about the fame and all that. Yeah. But we can yes. we can sh- we can shift off that. No, because- no, but I think but it's a good topic. It's a good topic because like uh, I remember also talking to to Kai from Highland a lot about this, you know, like how it's so important, especially on your when you're on tour, to to really fucking be centered, as centered as you can, mm. have a strict routine. I remember on the last Highland tour I was uh, I was on, I had a very I had very strict routine because on the other tours I had got drunk, I got like stoned or whatever, and like you know tried to be a rock star, or whatever in the you know here at the you, summer. I, of, of I bet you life. also feel like you have to like there is that there's like that that stereotype of rock star, yeah. and you've, it's almost as if you have to live up to that because you're. Mm you're maybe not doing it correctly or, or enjoying the moment properly if you're not getting fucked up because that's kind of what rock stars are meant to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's, there's that stigma as well, of course. I remember there was some times like where we would meet some fans or whatever and they would be like trying to give us alcohol and stuff and we'd be like, no, thank you. And they'd be like, what? Like, I thought yeah. you were like cool Vikings or whatever. Like, oh yeah. I remember a couple of times getting those kind of stupid fucking comments. Like, but you know, it's oh, it's all fuck. part of the game. It's all part of the game. And but like, you know, really just being fucking strict with yourself when you're on tour, I think it's a very good idea. And then you can have cheat days, you know, like and even that's like, okay, I know here we have two days off after this go gig, so I can just there I'm gonna drink a bit. I'm gonna have a little bit of I'm gonna let a little bit loose, but most of the gigs, I didn't like get drunk afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'd have a beer or two in here and there, you know, but nothing like that. And then I would, whenever there was a gym at the hotel, I would get up in the morning, go to the gym, and, you know, those kind of things. It felt amazing. I absolutely oh, I loved it. So, yeah. I bet. Yeah. And I think what, what really brought it home for me, that this topic was when me and Mateus spoke to Aina at Midgast Block. And mm-hmm. anybody can watch that on, on YouTube. And he was, yeah. he was kind of saying how, he was so respectful of that all these people had paid for this tour. So like, why, why am I going to go and get fucked up and then not be able to give a hundred percent and give the performance that everybody deserves. Um, and I thought that was like a really beautiful thing to hear. Cause you know, there are a bunch of people like that. Just, just because I just is a fucking weak drinker, you know, you had to hear first. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I completely agree with Einar. Like completely. Like it's it's uh it's it's bullshit, man. It's 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 it is pissing the people that just spend their hard on money to come and see you and you're not putting on the best show you can. Yeah, absolutely. So I, whatever I, you need to do, uh, I, I will never be this kind of band leader that tells my band that they can't smoke weed or they can't drink or they can't do this or the that. I mean uh, I'm just like this. I mean, if you fuck up for any reason, you know, you're going to be out anyway. So like, so like if you're going to come stoned to a gig, we will be able to hear it. And afterwards. Yeah. You find, 
you you're letting people make their own decisions because you could yeah. you know you could you could put those in place and be like you can't do this but then if they want to do that they're going to sneakily do it but you want to find yeah, the people yeah, yeah. who who want to be professional and they want it's to It's like kindergarten you know exactly yeah yeah you're not there to look after yeah. people no. so i don't know how much you we spoke a little bit about kind of the effect, we it kind of leads nicely into it the the whole not the fame but like the having all this, I guess, attention on you and all this attention on the barlow and doing the shows and all the, mm. these highs and then the the after effects of that. I mean, I, you're, mate, you're looking fucking good. Right now, you, you're, Thanks, looking, you're looking good. You look like you've lost some weight. You've cut your hair. You're looking, yeah, yeah, you're looking really sharp. Uh, when we had a little Thank video so call the day, I was like, ooh, Jonas, look at you. <laughs> um so no so you but but you we had yeah. also a little talk about before that that time period where you yeah. did have like a that little come down from it. I don't know how much you oh, want to talk about that. Oh there was a dip. There was definitely a dip. Uh there was also like a burnout feeling and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was so much work getting I had never done anything like tour planning or scheduling or any of this kind of shit before. So I was completely green. So it's like really from like starting from the ground and just straight in the rocket ship to two shows with, with 2000 or more people in front. Like it's not, it's not like a gig down at the pub, you know? So um, it was really crazy. And, and afterwards I jumped straight into a, uh, into a consultation job I had, uh, chef, chef thing, consultation and so on. And it was just, it, it exhausted me. Like it exhausted my body, uh, my, my motorcycle injury that I got many years back in, in India flared up like crazy. And I was just, for the month of October and November, it was just deteriorating constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was bedridden for several days. And, and then I had to go to India uh, for various reasons. Um, we can get into, but what I decided was to take one month with uh, uh, Nana's, Nana's cousin is a fantastic uh, yoga instructor. Incredible. <laughs> like a proper yogi, but like a modern yeah. one. Um, not like, you know, Guruji, like, not like that, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, but uh, an amazing yoga instructor and he uh, we just took a month and just fixed my back really and I just mm-hmm. had like a month where I just didn't do anything I lived up the mountains lived very cheaply uh, did, did something incredible which was at Christmas because they don't celebrate Christmas up in the mountains they do celebrate it a little bit in the city somewhere it's like uh, where there's a bigger amount of Christians and you can go to the Christian area of the city and mm-hmm. you can Man, this actually sounds like a. This sounds like it could be a superhero origin story. Like a, you're like you're gonna come back as Doctor Strange. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's what he did. He went to the mountains and fucking came back. It's not. It's not far off. I have to yeah. say, uh, it was really incredible. I just. I was hiking every day. I was going to the sacred uh, places there. It's a very Buddhist place because it's where mm-hmm. the. Is where the Dalai Lama has his exile government, a place called Karamshala, up in a place called Amacha Pradesh. And uh, so I was up there, and and for Christmas, what we did, because there was a village uh, around this place where he had his, his yoga place and so on, 
and they were like the sweetest people ever. They had invited us over for weddings and stuff, and that fed us a lot. So for Christmas, I thought I'd, I'd give them one back. So we bought a whole goat, a live goat. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was going to sacrifice it myself and then feed, feed the 20, 25-odd people in that, little, mm. in that little area of the mountains. So they brought the goat, and, uh, and, and it's like in some places in the mountains, they, do the, they hold the goat and then they slit the throat like they do in Muslim cultures as well, yeah. uh, where you can't see the knife and so on. It's very similar, actually. But in this way, it's the Punjabi style. So what they do uh, is still very, very beautiful the way they do it because they, they take it out to graze with some of its other goat friends and then you are supposed to come and meet at a specific place. I feel like that's uh, a warning the, to its friends. A... How? Like if its friends are there and they're going... No, 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 no. So did it move so its friends first? So, so, then, so then what happens is that they tie up the goat and this is grazing and then they take the friends away while it's okay. not looking, kind of. So they go somewhere <laughs> yes. else and then the guy who has the sword, it's like a big, like you hold it like that and it's got a, almost like a Dothraki type. Okay, ground. yeah, it's so almost they, like, a, like a half moon. Yeah, so it's, so it's kind of like a... Uh, uh, it's like a half spear, half sword sort of mixed thing, but with, with, with like a, a, a half moon at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I said, I wanted to do it. And the, the, the beginning, they were a bit skeptical. They're like, we don't know if you can chop the head off a goat, like, because that's how <laughs> oh, they yeah. do it. Yeah. That's how they do it. So they bring it out, and then they put it down. And then all it is, is like a little bit irritated by being held, but it doesn't know that. Yeah, it doesn't understand. Getting... No, no. So I was standing then behind it, uh, and then I just—I don't know, man. Like I just felt confident that I could do this thing, and, yeah. it, and it wouldn't—and it wouldn't suffer. And it was a perfect fucking perfect execution. Like head, so head off, clean, head straight clean, off, wow, clean off, yeah. And then they had a bowl that they caught all the blood in, which was also made into a curry. Something the blood was made to like a blood curry. So is that, the first, uh, is that the first time you've done anything? I've never, ever done anything like that before. Like, that was insane. But I felt that like has, I had to do it. Like, that has, it to be a, that has to be life-changing. Dude, it was. Like, it was. It was very, and it was very shocking also, you know, to see it afterwards and the head over here and the blood coming out here. But it, but it gives you that, <laughs> but things that it gives you that respect for life as well. And Absolutely the respect good. for the for the meat that you're eating, you know, we 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 said it a bunch of times, and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole again. But the meat you get in the supermarket is in like a nice little cellophane packet, and it doesn't resemble exactly. the animal you're eating. And people have such a disconnect. Oh, it felt so great. I mean, to be honest, it felt really great. Like and then skinning it, and then they took all the guys who we bought it from. They took all the the intestines and, and and different things that I didn't want. They used that. They 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 would cook up. So every single part of the meat mm-hmm. uh, got used. And the skin yeah. salted it and, and we, we gave it to the to the village and they could use it for rugs to sit on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I took it into the kitchen and uh, then brined it for one day and then marinated for another day and then we oh, built wow. the fire and then we cooked it all straight on the fire for Christmas. Had a lot of alcohol. Invited the whole village. I bought. I made some extra dishes for it, uh, and then people just sat and partook in in the goat. You know, it's incredible. Oh, wow. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, it felt really good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, bet. Uh, sounds like a like a really good experience. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially you kind of initiating it and wanting to put this on. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. appreciated massively. Oh yes, absolutely. Like they are like they're like family now. Those guys like we can always come back there and always stay mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So uh, it's it's very bonding. But yeah, it's absolutely. probably yeah. It, it, you know, it's. I was gonna say, you probably don't get used to it, but maybe people that work in like slaughterhouses that that it's that it's on a conveyor belt, but. But that's not how it should be done anyway. Like no. even even the people, you know, who respectfully, like in, in the way that you ex- kind of described, even if they do it a hundred times, I bet every time is memorable and respectful and you have a connection to the animal. It's not just some conveyor belt of of just meat, which is not the way it should be done. Absolutely not the way that it should be done. And like, really, if people try doing that, like cutting off a head of a goat like that, I think they would just, I think, I think most people probably, if they have a conscience, would eat a little less meat or they at least wouldn't be so. Uh, Quick to go to McDonald's. Like, or like gung ho, exactly. Gung ho on just like having to eat meat all the time. You know, um, mm-hmm. because I'm definitely not an anti-meat person in any way, shape, or form. But I do think that it's it's one of those things that you get three times a day. You know, like it's yeah. crazy. You get it's one of these things where you get these two camps of you. It's like you can't be in the middle, and it's the same with so many other things. It's fucking you have to be like this all-out meat eater, or you have to be like the hardcore vegan. And if you're in the middle, it's like you just a fucking fence it or something. It's so odd that you have to pick. Yeah. But it is, it, it, it's this odd culture that you have of you have to have meat for, like you said, three times a day, every meal. And some people, if there isn't meat in the meal, they're genuinely offended. They're like, well, where's the meat? Yeah. I can't eat this. It's like, yeah. you're a fucking <laughs> adult. What are you talking about? Because how can you have your pudding if you don't eat your meat? But uh, I don't know. Like, Pink, Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I got one, I got one. Good, you caught that reference. Uh, No, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's just crazy that we we eat the way we do, but uh, hopefully it's changing. But yeah, I mean, I could recommend anyone who eats meat to to try any animal, just to try kill any animal, really, um, Mm -hmm. if they haven't done it already. Yeah, definitely Um, probably re-centers you and, and, and makes you appreciate the the animal a lot more yeah but i mean other than that i'm also here in india for uh you know seeking inspiration um mm-hmm. for the next nepal album yeah so uh yeah just like not necessarily not 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 like i'm not going for any like specific um i have a whole idea of what it's gonna be already mm-hmm. So it's not like just, I'm going to seek things out technically. Just I would say just quickly put a, a pin in pin in that. Sure. Um yeah, before before we jump off the subject, I did want to just say that obviously, and I, I'm not, I don't want to go too heavy into this because me and Benny covered kind of mental health a lot last week. We had a mm. big episode on mm. that. But you know, not everybody can go to India and, and hang out with, with a yogi and, and and do that. And not and, and like 
the last three weeks, you know, me and Rocco traveled around, like I said before, we traveled around Europe and we were lucky enough to, you know, I think we did 5,000 miles in 16 days and, and hung out with a bunch of people and family. And, and it was a, this amazing experience that really kind of centered, centered me because before the, before Christmas, like I had a very big realization of that. I was probably, well, I, I was certain that like, I am depressed from everything that's happened over the year. There's this one, this single moment of realization of like, fuck, I'm, I am depressed from this. And it is, Mm. kind of something I'm going to have to to battle and and do things with and take active steps to try and improve it. And not every and I, and I think as we spoke before you were similar after everything that happened on your end. Holy, and not everyone yeah, can absolutely. do not everybody can do what we did and kind of have this 3 weeks or month where you can pull away from work and and really focus on yourself. But you can do I think most people can do something and just take the time to appreciate yourself. And whether it's a weekend or even just a, a day off work where you can just spend time on yourself and focus on yourself and and kind of recalibrate everything and put things back into perspective of what's, what's really important. Yeah, I mean, it can also be, we also need to be careful with saying that not everyone can do this because that may also just be like a mind forged manacle that you can't take off work or you can't do this or you can't like i would say in the west generally of course there are people that have very limited means and and that is like due to cycles of abuse and neglect and all these different things from like sometimes generations of families as well like so the kind of trauma that some people are, are, are dealing with, of course, is extremely intense. Um, and it's not that I want to uh, neglect that in any way, shape or form, but I think, I think most people can do something, you know, even if it's mm-hmm. like saying, fuck it for a month, I'm going to figure out how I can get a cheap uh, hut up in Norway. And I'm just going to fucking stock up on food and, 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 melt ice for water and like do a little bit of research and figure it out. It takes me a little bit more work for some people. Like mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I have tons of connections in India, and, you know, India already yeah. being a cheap place. So I'm actually not really spending anything at all uh, mm-hmm. uh, traveling around. Uh, so I'm lucky I can do that. But, but, but I think, you know, if, if people really need to do it, they need mm-hmm. to believe in themselves that they can find a way, you know, because I think yeah. everyone can, do you do the fucking break from yeah modernity I, and craziness and yeah i think i was more just meaning that not everybody can do it to that extreme you have to find their own their own way um, yeah absolutely what's more important than your mental health you know like oh yeah in general it isn't and 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 that's the the big thing that i that i realized was like I didn't understand depression until it hit me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was of a very ignorant mindset of like you can just not not just get over it, but you can do things or like you can, you know, when it when it grips hold of you and you don't want to. So for for me, it was like 
oh, I, I was like, I'm going to have a good day today. Today's going to be really good. And then by the end of the day, I was just like really fucking sad. And like, I was like, how the fuck did I end up here? How did I go from, I'm going to have a really good day to being sad again. And like, that just kept happening repeatedly. And I was like, how is this, how is this happening? Um, and I just didn't understand it. And, you know, people had used to tell me that in the past and, and like, I just couldn't understand it. I couldn't get my head around it. It's like, we'll just have a good day. But until it happens to you, you're like, oh shit, like, mm. fuck, there is nothing you can do about it. And, and, and it's been a big eye-opening experience for me in that, in that sense as well of, of like what it, what it really is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the tricky thing about depression, right? Like it's, uh, it's also, it comes, it comes like a thief in the night, right? You, you don't know it till it's there sort of like, or like you can be blinded by it. Like I'm very prone to depression. I've gone through several months of depression, uh, especially, especially when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, um, I learned to deal with it as I grew older so that the, the, so that the times when I did get depressed, that I, that I can, kind of like could, could keep them a bit smaller uh, than several months at a time, like when I yeah. was younger. Uh, and and it, the problem is that you become you become addicted to that state of mind as well. That's one of the reasons why it's difficult to get out of it. You become addicted mm-hmm. to your own depression. Actually, it's like the devil. You know, you, you know, it's it's. Mm-hmm. it's uh, you do. Uh, it's it, it's fascinating, and and it's funny you say that. That's one thing I've noticed as well. Is that obviously I've been going through a grief process, and you get attention. You get that attention from people of. Oh yeah you know, are you doing okay? And you get a lot of people messaging you, you get a lot of, a lot of this, and it does almost become addictive. This, this attention from people, yes. this kind of checking in on you. And it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a very slippery slope. You can go down if you're not conscious of it, of like, oh yeah, then, and then playing up to it and then putting yourself in these bad positions because it's like, well, then, then I'm going to get the attention again from people. Cause obviously over time it starts to disappear and everyone goes on with their lives and it's like, oh, but if, if I'm really sad, then I'm going to get the attention again. And you can easily fall into that cycle. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like make my mom have a terrible accident or something. So that people can give me more attention again. Yeah, You're like, where is that? I'm gonna do something terrible or to myself or or whatever, just to get mm-hmm. more of that attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is unfortunately like, things. It's, it's horrible. Like depression is is, is 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 fucking horrible, and it's 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 difficult for people who don't suffer from it to understand how difficult it is to get out of it. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, but, I. But, 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 that, but that being said. But that being said, like uh, you are the only one that's going to get you out of that shit, you know. Mm. And yeah, that's also why I had to take this radical step. Like, I'm going to take a month off, even though I had no fucking like leverage to really do that. Actually, this time, like there were so many things pressing on me and so on. But I just said, hey, I'm not going to fucking deal with any of it because I can't. Mm. Like, it's breaking me down. Like, yeah, I'm literally that's falling cool. apart physically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So a bit of bit of one month of, of, of yoga and some goat head chopping and you know like and you know, <laughs> <back>. <laughs> I mean, not everyone. I'm not going to advise that everybody goes and does that. Everyone should 
kill goat. It's the best remedy for depression, I tell you. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about what's next for Nabala because I do want to get to uh, sexuality and polygamy, monogamy, all yeah. everything, all that stuff. And we've we've already been going like an 45, 50 minutes. Um, we really, Jesus. So well, you, I missed you, Dan. It's good. I know. You you start. I'm gonna just get up and get my charger from my laptop, but I'm listening. I'm still listening. So you just okay. I'll you just on. hold the yeah. hold the thought down for a few seconds while you tell us about Nabala's next steps. I shall indeed. Well, I mean, yeah, and and, and you were talking about uh, sexuality. That might be the one of the. And it's not going to be the last time we talk about se- sexuality related to Nabala for sure, because that first album will always be there, uh, which was dedicated to that subject, but. Uh, the next album, obviously, I'm not going to make a second album about sexuality. You know, uh, that would just be weird. <laughs> it's like this guy, this guy needs to get some pussy. Like, what's wrong with him? Uh, no, I mean, like, um, the next album is going. We're going to. I'm not going to say too much about it, but we are working on starting recordings uh, this year. It's probably going to be, it might be in the second half of the year. We might, we, we'll start earlier than that, but we will, we won't have it finished until then. Um, but it's going to be more broad. Like I'm going to try to grapple with uh, the concept of rites of passage, basically. So mm-hmm. that's, and I won't say much more about that, but we, but we are going to like work with also, uh, still sort of there's still going to be the Nordic thing for sure that's never going to leave but we're definitely yeah. uh, be even more exploring other cultures mm-hmm. um, but even even the first album had a very clear yeah. influence from your you know your attachment and, and spending so much time in India you could really sure. hear that coming through I, I loved it I thought it was brilliant oh, awesome yeah no like, like definitely like for sure there's a lot of um middle eastern and, and and indian influences um but uh, but i'm going to also conceptually work more with with other languages as well not just using proto-germanic but also use other other ancient languages and so on and uh mm-hmm. yeah so i'm still developing the concept uh but that's one thing of course and then i can say also happily that uh we will uh, be releasing live videos from Nigas Okay. Um, so we got the whole thing recorded with several cameras and professional uh, the, the audio from the mixing desk so we could sit and mix mix it afterwards and make it sound crisp and, and awesome. So there's going to be some live videos coming out. So we're going to release them slowly, slowly, one by one. And uh, yeah, we're working on festivals. There are a few festivals that are already confirmed. The one I can say for sure is uh, Festival Medieval in Germany. Okay. Which is quite that you were there at Castle. Do you need some merch? Do you need some merch? I will, I will need merch. You want to come? You want to come? Do you need some merch? merch <laughs> I, know, I know a merch courier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the best one. <laughs> Number one merch yeah, courier. Number one. <laughs> for sure yeah that would be great yeah no, it's very like uh Coxville fest actually uh this festival um it's a wonderful festival I played there with uh, with highland as well so they were playing in uh the beginning of september that one that one's for sure but of course we're working mm-hmm. on more and more shows just can't say anything yet because you know i kind of mm-hmm. can't say anything before the ink has really dropped or i might 
look like an idiot later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. But yeah, yeah, like it's it's it, I'm really fucking excited to uh, to get to get the next next project on the road, the next album. Um, also because I'm I will be exploring even deeper into uh, the, the the Indian uh, the Indian stuff, but also stuff from Southern Europe and so on. And gonna be interested to see if I can learn the languages the old languages from these parts as well and try to pronounce mm -hmm. them properly and that's that kind of thing. So there's a lot of really fucking amazing stuff um, waiting for, for Nibala. And I'm, I'm really, really happy, especially after today. I just had some good news in the morning. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be something for sure. I'm, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really excited about it. Good. I'm excited to hear it. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward yeah, to the yeah, the follow-up. I yeah, I loved the first album and you know, it got a lot of good praise. Uh, you know, it's something you should be very proud of, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I mean, that has to add some extra pressure. Was that sorry? It has to add some extra pressure, the first one being received very well. Yes. To then make a second oh, one. Oh, like that. Yes, yes. Yes, cuz like yeah, at least at least uh, uh critically we 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 did Get quite a lot of amazing words along the way, which yeah. was because the first one really sucked. Incredible, then, like, if the first one sucked, then the second one could just could only get better, right? Yeah, yeah. But on then the other hand, like, it's just, I believe it's, I, I like I like the challenge. I like the challenge. Yeah. I like the challenge, you know, like, and and there's so much more to to explore. There's always going to be stuff to explore when you're working in this way, like. Uh, with with history and with mythology and 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 spiritual ideas and so on, it's like it's like a vast sea of stuff that you can can dive into. So, uh, is is whether it sonically is gonna play out in a way that's going to uh, please people that you can never know until the thing is out. You know, like you can never. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. it's like you know when you release an album, it's like it's like it's like giving birth to a child in a way, right? Because you you uh, you obviously uh, you do what you can to to mold that child into being something, you know. But at the end of the day, that child's going to meet the world, mm -hmm. and shit shit's going to happen. You can never know how that's how that's going to go down. So mm -hmm. so I just I just I really try to. My, a good friend of mine who's an actor, um, he was. Uh, his name is Tour Rasmussen, and he uh, he was one of the villains in the Fast and Furious Nine. He was one of the, like the main villains. Like it was nine. his first fucking yeah. nine of them. Yeah, there's fucking more coming out now. I think. Oh, is it? It's a franchise, right? They 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 the huge, whatever. Uh, but but he uh, he thought, okay, now I've played with Vin Diesel. I've had scenes with fucking Vin Diesel. We're talking, and I've, I've been like trying to, you know, mess about with him and fucking who else? Like, who's a, who, is, who, is, who is in these movies? Like, John Cena was in that movie as well, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that is? Yeah, you can't see, yeah. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I know who so, John Cena is. Of course, man, of course. Uh, anyways, anyway, so the point is, like, he thought that, you know, now, you know, like, I'm just gonna be chimed. Like everyone's gonna like. I will be. I will have to have get several phones to be able to, you know, pick up all the amazing offers I'm gonna get now. Um, 
but uh, but that didn't happen. Like for a whole year, I didn't get anything in. So so what he was saying, like so whatever whatever happens on your on your on your way in this crazy show business thing, you just have to fucking enjoy every step of it because you never know when it's gonna be when it's gonna be over, you know. Mm-hmm. And Nevada is starting out now very slow, very slow. We're building it up very slowly. I, I really enjoy that. So I'm just gonna enjoy every step of the way and do yeah. the things that I like to do, you know, do, you do, do it the way I want to do it. Yeah, you're doing it the right way of just doing it slowly and getting there and getting an organic following. Because it's so easy nowadays to get like a, if you can go viral, you get this meteoric rise to success. But if you haven't got the substance there to back it up, it's only, you know, it's up and then straight back down. You have yeah. to, if you want that longevity, you have to do the do the hard work, do the groundwork and, and kind of grow absolutely. it. And then you're going to have that base following and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And then, it's, uh, yeah, it's fucking exciting. And uh, of course, uh, like when you hear, for instance, Einar, the way he started Vardruna, like I, I think it took him seven years or so on, or something like that before Vardruna really started Mm-hmm. being someone to be reckoned with and, and playing the big shows and and yeah. Einar starting to line his pockets a bit as well, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I think, I think until then, it was just like investment, 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 you know. Like yeah, so that's the problem. People always forget or when they're on the outside looking in, they just don't appreciate the amount of work that it takes to get there because, you know, there'll be people who found Wadruna, like, a year ago, two years ago, when they're already this powerhouse. Yeah. Um, and then you they have this mindset of like, oh, they must have just always been big. Yeah. And not yeah. they don't see the seven years of like doing small shows and growing and getting bigger and, and having to do the grind to get there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we can't we can't fucking, you know, we can't all be uh no, I, I, I think I think it's I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's great. It's it's uh it allows you to 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 also do this in a humble way, slow and humble and like because you know you you've been down there now you're up there so you know that I think it's good to have that 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 knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those people that that shoot to fame from zero to a hundred that sort of thing. I think it gets really difficult talking about what we talked about earlier as well with the fame and all this kind of stuff. I think, damn, like, you know, how are you going to, like, you fucking getting all high and mighty from, from three hey, people recognizing hey. you at, at Niggas. I mean, it might, then, it might be four. I don't want to do myself a disservice. Might be four. <laughs> oh, maybe it was 10 even. I have to, oh, you guys were... The next, guys year were it might be, next year it might be 20. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, or maybe, yeah, even more. Uh, but the point is just that the point is just that I think I think uh, having done the grind, I think is um, yeah, yeah. It was one of mm-hmm. the reasons why I left Thailand as well, you know, like because I, I felt like I had to I had to earn my own keep here, you know, in some ways. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just be along for the ride, you know. That's the same with with anything in in any walk of life. Some people are happy just working for somebody or being you know, doing, doing a job underneath somebody and kind of being in that position. So people are happy to do that their entire lives. Just like, and it's no different to like when it's in a band, just because in the public eye, you're still the same kind of roles. You're still kind of in this position of somebody else's 
thing. Mm. And then you'll always have people who aspire to like, they'll just go set up their own plumbing business. They'll be an apprentice for 10 years and be like, oh, I want to do this for myself. I'm going to go set my own up. And that's the similar thing to what you did. You just want bigger. And there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that for having aspirations and wanting your own success. And there's also nothing wrong with feeling totally okay with just, just playing with, 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 with the band, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a lot of bread and butter musicians out there, you know, and and fuck man, all power to Mm -hmm. them, you know? Yeah, Yeah, there's nothing wrong either way. It's just different, different strokes for different folks. Oh yeah, different strokes for different folks. That's it. Indeed, brother. Indeed. I'm in um, I'm in Sri Lanka right now, which is all the way down to the south. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking of learning how to surf. Did you ever try that? I haven't. No, not yet. Not yet. So that's I what everyone do. does here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should have ke- I, I should have kept my hair cut though. And then have braids like Viking braids, and then going out on the surfboard like a surfing, a surfing mm-hmm. Viking. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It would have been. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Viking surfer. Let's let's get into sexuality and. Cool. I'm going to try and. Yeah. Let's not get me cancelled. You had well, no. Let's get let's get full cancelled, man. Like I'm telling you, I think this cancelled thing is going to turn into like a term of endearment. Like, or not a term mm-hmm. of endearment, but like, it's going to be like this kind of thing that cool kids from 10 years from now or even five years from now, they're like, they'll be like, dude, did you go to that concert yesterday? And then the other guy's like, dude, this concert was so sick, man. It was fucking cancelled, bro. <laughs> like, that's going to be like how cool it was. It was fucking cancelled. <laughs> yeah. I mean to be fair the, the chat the chat has said that the episodes that I do on my own have been very clean so far so it's been Matthias that was the bad influence all these all these years oh it yeah oh yeah I know um, I mean I, I'm not afraid of being controversial whatsoever so let's see let's see where this goes you had some you had something I remember you said something in the notes before we started there was something you wanted to to talk about like uh um oh we'll get there we'll get to that okay <laughs> i know uh, what you mean um so so i want to so yeah i want to talk about sexuality in viking age specifically in relation to the, the vikings like the traditional authentic meaning of viking the you know the the people who go on a ship and go and raid abroad or yeah wherever like like those people i want to talk i mean we could talk about like sexuality in the viking age as a whole but like that's what i'm kind of fascinated with and yeah i mean yeah because it's gonna have you know being on a boat with all dudes right for mm-hmm. weeks yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I said on the podcast once when it was uh, and I got some I got some hate for this from some some probably some of like Viking bro type people. I think right. it was Amy Franks when we did the the Vikings are gay. The Vikings episode. are gay episode. And I was I, 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 yeah, and I was like, look, if the I know guys, I'm a guy. 
<laughs> like I know men, and yeah. if you put men on, you know, a hundred men on a boat for three weeks, someone's sucking dick. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I, I, I said, I said that. I was like, and I still stand by that. I'm like, I think you're right. Is, I think you're absolutely is. right. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that like gay for the stay is a saying when it comes to like people who go to prison. It's yeah. a reason that's a saying for a reason because that's a for reason it, for sure. It's it's what happens because when you put a bunch of men in a situation, like someone's sucking dick. It just is what it's what's happening. Do I like I totally I totally and absolutely agree with you. And I also think that everybody whether they admit it or not, are on some kind of spectrum, you know? I mean, I, I, in some sense, I, I, I sometimes feel that even us having the denominations, gay and straight, can be... I mean, I understand why the categories are there, and we do need to have uh, categories, as opposed to be able to talk about things, but in some sense, it's silly, because uh, whatever... Whatever you're attracted to, whoever you fall in love with, you know, like the, like the like the you know like they say, like the gay, lesbian, whatever, LGBT, whatever crowd says, love is love, right? Love is love. Mm-hmm. I mean, sexual. Yeah. It's, it's not your sexuality doesn't really change whether you're you know uh, doing the act of love, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, like, I remember, I remember when I was. Very, I have a very clear rem- uh, like memory of of one time when I was uh, I was younger. I was playing with a friend, someone who's still a friend of mine today. Um, we must have been four, something like that. So we were in you know kindergarten at that time, and I remember us playing Tarzan, and I can't remember the name of Tarzan's sidekick, but in some of the magazines he had a sidekick. Uh, so Tarzan and this dude so we were playing these two dudes and we were wrestling a lot right mm-hmm. and I just remember it distinctly having sort of this feeling like I wanted him to dominate me but then I also wanted to dominate him mm-hmm. and when I think back on that experience it was extremely homoerotic I mean we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't touch each other's willies or stick each other stick fingers up each other's bum or anything like that, <laughs> that but, but just the act yeah. of it the ever flow of, of who's in charge here. I liked that whole submission. I remember liking that when he sort of grabbed me and took me down. Yeah. Fucking, you know, like for sure, like uh, it's a homoerotic thing. Mm. Huh? But I say, you no, know, there's something to it. And that's, that's fascinating because when we talk just about the Viking Age, I remember yeah. um, it being like, they obviously didn't have the same boundaries on like gay and straight as, as we do. And the, the negative, sure. it certainly seemed that the negative side of homosexuality was being the bottom was being the taker, the receiver. Like yes. that was like the negative. So it wasn't, it wasn't the fact of it being too many. It was being the, the submissive, the submissive one, I guess. Um, mm. Like you could be, the the dominant in a again I, I, I wonder I wonder about this one actually this one is very interesting Dan I wonder about this one whether whether we are looking at it from our point of view in some ways again because I know that there are scriptural references to 
you know, being the taker, being sort of like looked down upon. But I wonder whether, I wonder how looked down upon it was. I think that's also been, that would probably also have been different from fucking town to town. You know, we have to remember yeah. this was not a uniform culture like that. So that would probably have been different from town to town. Uh, I, I, I who knows? But the, my point, my point was more like, if you wanted to be seen as a cool, big, strong warrior, yeah, then you couldn't be caught getting fucked in the ass, right? Yeah, I that, think I was more referring to, like, in particular, again, to the Vikings of like when yeah. they went to monast- when they went to monasteries and things. It was reported of them being the the, the buggers rather than the yeah. buggered. Is that the right yeah. phrase? Is that the yeah. right phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. buggers rather than the buggered. Yeah. That's the name For of the sure. episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I dare do that. <laughs> Love it. No, do it. Please. It's great. <laughs> the buggers rather than the buggered. Uh, yes, yes. That's, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, for sure. But I mean, it's just like, it's so fascinating. I mean, also when researching for Nibala and so on, and even looking at sexuality, uh, like, of course, we were not necessarily going into, we, we didn't, like, look at uh, did Vikings fuck each other in the ass on the Viking ship. I don't know how I'd make a song about that. You know, maybe someone could, but it just wasn't, like, something I could, uh, could, could make a song about. But... Uh, but we did look at like sexuality as it, rep- it was represented in mythology and so on and so forth. And it seems to be that, like, I mean, because fertility was such a big part, sexuality is such a big, such a big part of, uh, of, uh, of the mythology, because uh, it really is. I mean, Odin is mm-hmm. like fucking willy nilly all, all over the place, right? It's always like, and in the story of the of the meat of poetry, how he has to go and sleep with the giantess to get the meat of poetry and fly up like an eagle and, you know, be powerful and all that, like that power that is in, in sexuality, right? That, that creative force that there is in there has been venerated for thousands and thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always funny to sort of try to put yourself in the headspace of someone who's living in that kind of culture uh, where sexuality maybe not in the same way as a commodity. I don't know. I mean, I, I see it also like here in, like I learned some things when I was up in, in Himachal, for instance, because some of my friends up there are gay, for instance, right? And one of my friends, he would meet with a local boy, right? Who definitely cannot tell anyone that he's gay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he can't tell anyone. Like in that, in that, in that sort of like he's a local mountain village boy, you know. Mm-hmm. Great dude, uh, very sweet. Uh, but he can't tell anyone that he's gay. So he does this thing in secret, right? And um, that has to be that has to be so awful. But what my t- like what my I friend told me was like he, that. My, what my friend told me was that in the bedroom he's a fucking fucking maniac. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering what these what these Vikings were up to as well. If if it was like, you know, sexuality was also something something with honor and so on, you know, like, you know, if I if I if you and I, let's say if I if I fucked Alyssa, right? 
You and I wouldn't be mm-hmm. friends, right? It would be mm-hmm. good, but you wouldn't kill me, you know? Maybe not. Probably wouldn't ask me. Maybe you would. I, might, I don't know. I might cut your head off like that goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. You should if I ever if I ever fucking did anything to 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 dishonor you in that way. But I'm just saying, like this was like this would be seen as a gigantic dishonor, and we would have to yeah. have words, right? We would have to have yeah. words, meaning we would have to fight, fight it out, kill each other, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much like tied up in, in, in this thing, but how were they when the fucking, when they came into their cave or whatever and all the lights were off and they were just then together, then, then you know, what happened? Or what, did they have orgies as well? You know, like, did they have, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that point towards that as well, you know, like it's, 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 it's super interesting. But, on, but the whole thing on the boat there, I don't know, man, like... That would just be that that like you said like gay for the stay right but it's like we have to rub it Maybe. out right so so I like I when when we were kind of talking earlier I I put the idea out there of um like with sailors because there's there's this thing with with sailors like people in the navy or whatever like there is this stereotype of like there's that gay kind of stereotype that comes with it but mm. equally. The truth is that every time they went to a port, they were doing whatever they wanted, whether they had a wife or not, leaving a bunch of children behind um, and kind of, you know, fucking about. So yeah, 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 it's like this weird, it's this weird thing that I think we could probably take parallels from, because it is this, the closest thing that I can think of that might be similar, you know, a bunch of men on a, as, as a war band on a ship for a while. Because I, I assume that stereotype probably must come from somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. I, d- I don't know. No, I think, yeah, of course. Um, but what are, you, what are you relating it to? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Second. What was that, sorry? Well, what are you relating? I mean, we, Just, can, relate, we can relate to that. Like, so, so that yeah. idea, yeah, so that I, I was trying to say there might be some comparison between like the sailors, the modern day sailors and the stereotype that, that, that is there mm. and the fact that they they certainly were promiscuous when ashore and at ports. But yeah. we kind of know that with Vikings as well, that, you know, they were, they weren't, they were promiscuous when they went to villages, whether it was sure. raping and pillaging or consensual, they was certainly there. And so was I was wondering if, if we can have that comparison between like the, the two, I can't think of anything that that's closer in modern day terms of than than that as an example of, of like modern day sailors going ashore and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, it's it's. It, it makes sense to me that that would be that that would be like uh, like the case. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Of course, and of course, the Viking bros are gonna get angry about that. But I mean, like, uh, yeah, I think um, promiscuity would obviously also be a thing. I think there's there is actually a, uh, from what I remember, there is a uh, Englishman writing in in the time of the Vikings about how how the Vikings would come and steal all the, the English women because mm-hmm. they were so groomed and 
yeah, yeah. fair and fine looking and all that kind of stuff like uh uh so so yeah and how and how would they how would they then deal with that coming home to their wives when they finally came into the wives because they I must mean, it's know. not it's not like it's not like today where they could just find them on facebook and and be like eh, by the way you know sing it I've got I've got Sigurd's I've got Sigurd's son back at home as he was in England doing his business. You can't. It's, they, they they would never. I'm sure that they would never. There'd never be any fallout from it. It would be a case of when in England they could do it. You could have a you could they could have a whole separate family in England and then when they, they could yeah. on a raid. It's there. Yeah, and 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 would and would they the women back at the farm? They were okay with it. Were they fucking around as well? Well, that yeah. Well, that's that's a point. The, the women probably were back at back at home doing the same thing. With, I mean, mate, the, the real winners of the Viking Age are the men who stayed behind. They, fucking they're the hell, fucking winners yeah. because you got all these men who were going, and I'd be like, oh, I can't go. I've got a bad foot. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> I got I can't a bad go. foot. I've, I've got, I've got a terrible cough. <laughs> yeah, oh, I I can't. I, I'm I'm sorry, fellas. I'd lo- I would love to come and be on that boat with you. Yeah. I'd stay behind. And then there's just a town full of women. Town full of women, yeah. Unattended women, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But it's fun to think about also, like, with the promiscuity also, like, when when you look at, like, modern-day rock stars as well, like, you know, especially from the 70s and 80s. And, like, uh, if you want to... Speaking of Vikings, so if you want to read a really fantastic uh, road, a book written by a tour manager, you need to read Hammer of the Gods, mm-hmm. which is about Led Zeppelin. Okay. After they released the album that Hammer of the Gods is on. Yeah. So I can't remember which one that is, but uh, uh, no, what's it called? The Immigrant Song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so that tour, like the, the the way that he describes what these guys got up to, man, like on this tour as well, and it was also the same thing, right? On the tour, everything was allowed. You know, many of them had girlfriends back home or whatever, but you know, they must have known as well. Like fucking Robert Plant is not gonna be celibate when he's like out there half swinging his dick around. Yeah, uh, when he's on stage, you know, he's not going to do that afterwards. Of course he is, you know, like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, these Vikings, of course, they, of course, they took advantage of that when they were out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I like, think, I think we, we look, again, we look at everything through our lens of yeah. like modern day, but also equally like our culture as well. Like we look at it through the culture that we have now, particularly with like sexuality and monogamy like that's kind of probably what came with Christianity and, and is the, the culture that, that we have so we look at it through that lens whereas you know the whole like well you've been like I guess you've been in India now like that's a whole different culture that looks at yes. sex very differently oh, yeah. um, and it probably was closer to that than what we are Sure. Um, so you have to kind of look at it through a different lens and you get the, you know, we are going to have the Viking bros who are like, no, they're all just perfect. Sh-. This is the other thing as well. It's like, <laughs> this is the other thing. It's like, 
they're all these shirtless, always shirtless, like you know, you yeah. know the images, the shirtless, yeah. ripped, long hair, like groomed beards, yeah, like six pack, like looking fucking wham. And it's like, come on, man, that's fucking homoerotic. Like you draw, yeah. draw like the most perfect, perfect man. Like you're <laughs> idolizing this guy of like these warriors. It's like, come on, how do you not see what's going? How do you on? not see your fucking gay dude? Yeah, it's like how do you not see <laughs> this? And, and then, but then they're all like, but they're all super. They're all every every one of yeah. them, 100 straight. Every one of them. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck off! How do you not? Fuck off. Yeah, of course they weren't, man. Of course they weren't. I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, with with this whole gayness and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I really wonder. I really wonder why it's such a a topic. You know, it's uh, why? But I I suppose it is society with stigmas and so on. But then, why are those stigmas there? Why is it such a problem? You know, there's always going to be, what is it? How many percent of the population is going to be gay at any given moment? It's like 7%, 6%, something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. even less. There's always going to be that, you know? Yeah. And then there's well, everyone it's, else. It's always been there. Yeah. And it's, it's always been there. Absolutely. There's actually in the Kama Sutra, speaking about India, there's a, in the Kama Sutra, there is a, uh, there's a position uh, where it says also in the scripture, uh, description of the position, that this position is extremely good to do uh, uh, with two guys and one woman or something like that. And it's described that the guys have to also, you know, mm-hmm. fuck each other, right? Yeah. And it really works really well if the guys do like this to, like in the Kama Sutra, the Kama Sutra is like thousands of years old, right? Like, so yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, I find it so strange. Um, first of all, I find it so strange that people care. Yeah. I find it bizarre that anybody cares what the fuck anybody else does, as long as it's not illegal. Like, I, I don't understand why anybody cares that much that they want to put on social media or they want to talk or or be offended that there's two mm. guys to get two women together or whatever. Like, I just that that's the first thing. I just don't understand why anyone gives a fuck. People just do what they want to do. If they're happy, who cares? It's just not. As long as they're not just like doing it like right in front of my door when I come out in the morning, you know, like there's two gay gay guys or two lesbians or whatever, just like. But that would be the same if, but that would be the same if it was a heterosexual couple. Oh yeah. I'd be like, if there there was a guy and a girl fucking on my doorstep, I'd be like, Get the fuck off my doorstep. Why are you doing this? You know? Exactly. exactly. You know? But there is a reference to a Lucy C.K. joke where he does that. They're like, you know, like, you know, you're sitting there, you're eating your breakfast and two guys' dicks just come in like that, touching each other in front of you. Like, ah, oh, come on, you guys. You're like, ah, oh, shit. I gotta go to work. Now I can't eat my yeah. butt. Fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you gay guys. Like, why are you doing this? If it was like that all the time, the case, yeah, sure. Like, that could be irritating, yeah. but... But what the hell people do in their bedroom is so, so, so inconsequential, like no. to my existence. Everybody's everybody's Very into their own thing. Everybody's got their own little kinks. And just Absolutely. have I, if you find the, the best thing you can ask for in life is to find somebody who has the same little quirks and little 
kinks and weird shit that you like in the bedroom. Like yeah. if you can find someone that marries up like that, then you've got a happy relationship for life. Because exactly. that's all, you know, everybody, everybody listening to this, I don't care whether you're the most vanilla person in the world. Everybody still has their own little thing that they're like, Ooh, I just quite like this. And whether they, they might be too scared to share it with their partner and ask them to do it. But if you can find somebody who indulges in that and enjoys it and, and even better if they uh, encourage it, then you, you, then you find the perfect person. Cause it is such a big part of a relationship to have and that healthy sex life. You know the song Safian uh, of the album? Yes. Song three, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's being sung there? Um, that is actually um, a woman singing to Odin that he must return at night under the cover of darkness because only you and I, Odin, can know our wickedness together. Something like that. That's the sort of loose translation, right? It's all about, I mean, for me, the way I took it, the way I used it in the music, that, that, that verse of Havamal is, is that, you know, with someone that you're really, truly together with, only you two share that dark space with each other, your little kinks and wickedness and the mm -hmm. weird games mm -hmm. and like what you're talking about, right? And, and that was exactly why it inspired me uh, to use that, that particular verse because, uh, yeah, exactly. You want to you wanna meet someone who you can go wild with, right? That who shares your strange uh, tendencies and this, that, and the other, for because sure. Because Lust it, and so on. Because it goes deeper than just the sexual act. It's all about trust and love. And it's all that thing of the ability of being able to share this thing with someone that you that you're not going to put out into the world for everyone, but you you're vulnerable in this moment of sharing. Like I, you know, I like this kind of maybe weird thing, and it's 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 almost like a game and a dance in the moment. The first time you tell them, it's like I like this kind of weird thing, and you you kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. you kind of saying it half, but not saying it just so you can take it back and be like, oh, I'm not joking. I don't really. Oh like yeah, that. no, no, no. <laughs> If you, just, if they, like my friend likes that. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh no, 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 not, not, not me. What's about me? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you say it's like it is, and then when you find that person who who likes that thing, it's like, fuck, this is yeah, this is insane. This is this is, this is the best thing ever. Ah, exactly, and and sometimes also like uh, you can open up for different things that you didn't know that you liked as well when you're. Mm -hmm trusting the other person enough to say, okay, you like this weird thing. I don't really know where this is going, but tell me about it. And, you know, let me try. I'm open. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm open yeah. to, to do this weird, wicked thing with you, you know, like. Absolutely. And, and like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have found somebody that's like that, that I can explore that trust. Yeah. All these paths and that absolute trust. And, and it does, you know, things can be, I can we can say anything to each other. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is, and, I, and I've never really had that in the past. Like mm. it's, it's a new thing of being able to have this absolute. Where it's like no matter what, like again, as long as it's legal, no matter what I kind of think is, no matter what I like, I can I can go to a listener and say, "This is what I like. Where are you at with it? Like, do you yeah. like it? Do you not?" And she's gonna at, at the very least. She's she also like to be wrapped in bacon and, you know. Like, yeah. But at, like the, at, at, yeah, 
at the very least, she's going to hear it out. Yeah. And listen to it and go, and maybe, maybe she's going to go that, you know, that's a turn off for me. That's not my thing. Yeah. 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 But she has the respect to sit down and listen and go, okay. Yeah. Or I'm not, or even like, I'm not sure. Let's, let's try it. Let's have yeah. a go and see, and see what happens. Maybe I'm going to like it. Maybe after I'm going to say it's not for me. But it's that, it's that very special relationship where you can just go, kind of, kind of go wild and just go like, let's just let's just find out. Dude, that's so that's so so important. I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to to have the same situation um, these days, and um, it's uh it's just it's, it's just a, a total game changer once you have that. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was younger, of course, I. I liked to, I was running around and sowing my royal oats or whatever, right? And, you know, like, uh, <laughs> as he says, and what is it, coming to America. Um, but anyways, I uh, had a lot of frivolous sex, you know? Uh, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not necessarily regretting it, but I do think I could have done way less of it. I don't think it made yeah. me a better lover. I don't think it no. did at all. No, it made it, me a better... It's the experience with one person that makes you better because it makes you absolutely like, understand say, you listen. So far, yeah, yeah. If you you, have, I'm a good lover, insofar as I am, it's because I'm having a situation with a person where where there is that trust. We're listening to it's each also, other. Yeah, yeah, and it's also having having the respect in the relationship where they can say, um. Maybe I maybe I like this. You're doing it this way, but maybe I I'd like it this way. And and it's tough to hear. Uh, yes, yes, it's fucking it, like all like being being completely vulnerable. Like Alisa said to me the other day, like this, but I I I quite like this or like this idea or mm. do it maybe do it this way. Mm. And for for there's a, there's a moment there where the the ego in me is like <laughs> crushed. The ego yeah. in me is crushed, and I'm like ah. Totally. Oh. Yeah, I'm fuck. like, fuck. I'm, like, I'm just, I thought, I thought don't I was even best. know how to finger a woman. What the fuck is yeah. going on? <laughs> but there is that there's that implosion of like ego, yeah. and then like you you come out the other side of like that's fucking ridiculous. We're adults and we're having this conversation, and it's all for the better of the the yes. experience. It's all for the better of the experience. experience you, have together, to, yeah. you have to humble yourself and not think you know everything and and listen to the person because not everybody's the same as well. What what was good with one person might not be good with yeah. somebody else. I, I, I had exactly that experience, actually not that long ago, where I, there was something that I thought I had always always been doing so great. I'm the best at this. Yeah. The way I did it just didn't work with my partner. So told me kindly, I think you have to do it this way, that way. That's the way I, I like it. That's I, the way I like it. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's, Has everyone it's, else been lying to me? Have they just been pretending it, to like, like exactly. this thing that I thought I was good at doing? Like, fuck! Exactly, you know? it is. But- <laughs> it is tough. It's, it's, it's tough to take. But also, it's like, it doesn't have to be that. It could be that, yeah, it was great before, but now this way is better for this person. Yeah. But you just have same. to leave your, you have to check your ego at the door. And that's oh, how, dude. Chuck that that's right how out. you're going to have, have, yeah, that's how it's going to be, be better. Um, Absolutely. Actually, like <laughs> it's it's. Uh, it, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, what we talked about before with with uh, with gayness and so on, because you and I completely agree. Like we're totally in agreement. Like we're all on a spectrum in some ways, in shape or form, and uh, you know, and and fucking who cares? Like 
why do you care like about other people's sexuality and so on? But I do want to say something for, I do want to say something for people who are very conservative minded, you know, because I think it's extremely important for us who have these very open views and so on to also understand the people who might like things a little bit more traditional. Mm -hmm. They might not really want to have this fucking LGBTQ conversation stuffed down their gullet all the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely important to remember that because if, if we demonize their view because they are more, hey, we like not, we, this is like not a talk we want to have. We don't want to have this in our schools. We don't want to have, like, if we just dismiss them as like misogynistic, it, cruel, it doesn't ignorant. necessarily mean they're, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're against it just because they don't. No. They, they exactly. maybe want to have those, those conversations in private because everybody, like you, yeah, that's a good point. Everybody is different. And it doesn't mean that you, oh, I, you know, it's not, I hate gay people, I hate trans people. It's maybe like, I just prefer to have these conversations at home. Yeah, or I just, uh, or I just don't, or even like if this, like this whole gender debate with like there are more than two genders. If they don't believe that, you know, if they believe there's man and woman, that's it. They don't believe in more than two genders. You can't force them to believe that. You know, however much mm -hmm. you would want to, as long as they, those conservative-minded people that I'm talking about, are not going out and saying you can't. Be this. Yes. You can't express yourself in this way. It's it's. I'm worried about where the conversation is going right now because I think it's I think it's going too far uh, mm -hmm. in the other direction, and I'm worried that it's actually going to backlash a lot because at the end of the day, I really like this philosopher called Alexander Bard from Sweden. He's incredibly awesome. He has this idea that. There are in all societies, whether it was the time of we were tribes or whether it's now, there's these certain dynamics that we all follow. And there are certain people that are what he called, calls shamanoids. So not necessarily a shaman because that's a designated someone with a very designated role. If you say someone is a shaman, there's a very designated defined role in a society or in a, in a tribe and mm -hmm. so on. But shamanoids, basically people who are on the fringe of society. Yeah was not following the big pool of society. They're on the mm -hmm. fringe. I would actually count myself as one of them as well. Like I'm, I'm an artist. I make weird ass music, you know, about sacred sexuality. I, uh, I've explored my sexuality a lot. I mean, fuck, I was gay in New York for one day when I was younger. <laughs> like tell you that story another time. Actually, yeah. no, maybe I should tell you that story. Gay for, gay for the day. I was gay for the day. I was gay for the day. Gay for the day. Um, you told me the story. Have I told you the story? I know the story. Oh, you yeah. know the story. Okay, it's I a good story. story. It's a good story. Uh, I basically was playing a concert, playing lots of concerts in New York many years back with the with the indie band, and we met a bunch of gay people. Went out with them. I thought they were more fun to hang out with with my band, so I just hung out with them. And immediately, I mean, little left, a little left. The, the more drinks we got. I started like, dude, like I just got totally, <laughs> like I just like thought it's like it's gonna be so awesome to be just gay in the yard for one day, you know? And I just did, and they they, they loved, they thought it was super fun. Uh, there was no problem there at all. Um, and I ended up ended up in a bathroom with a, a lesbian girl and a gay guy, and you know, shit went down. Let's just say went down. Yeah. I'll give you 
sleazy details, but yeah. No, and of course, it didn't turn me gay. It didn't mean that I no. thought, oh, now I'm probably not at all. But yeah. It was just an experience. It was an experience. I, yeah, and I wanted to explore that in that minute. I actually, the funny thing was that I went, we, we ended up at this gay guy's uh, apartment. Uh, was this a part of the story? Maybe it was. Uh, where um, when I went out to the, into the bathroom with <laughs> this uh, bi, lesbian, whatever, and this gay guy, uh, when I came back out, my whole band had left. They were just like, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know, like, he's, I don't know what trip he's on. So, uh, uh, so, so I ended up being uh, sleeping on two chairs in their, uh, in their kitchen and doing the walk of shame. That was in the story. That was in the story. But it's it's, great. Again, but the point is, the point is, sorry, just the point is to bring it back to Alexander Bard. Um, He talks about that, that and it's important for a society to have these shamanoids that are out there, that are pushing the boundaries of what is accepted within society in some some ways. Mm -hmm. And if we all force our society to accept something which is an outlier, that this is now has to be the norm. I think we're things are going to end up being very chaotic and 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 you know maybe it's just something that has to happen for a time. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 it has to be pushed there because so many people have been oppressed before, and so I think that could totally be. But uh, yeah, I would just be careful with how much we demonize people who are of a more conservative mindset. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Everyone's entitled to their their opinions. Um, Whether you agree with it or not, they're still entitled to have it. And I I truly believe that. Um, Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm going to leave it on the... I think think sexuality is a full spectrum, like you said earlier. I think that... I, I, I said to you earlier that I think everybody is bisexual to a degree sure. whether you're whether you're the most hardcore like oh i you know fucking hate gay people whatever like i still i think everybody on a spectrum is bisexual whether it's there's so many fucking people in the world i think there's that one person who could just make you just turn your head and go well because everybody because people are a spectrum everybody is a spectrum and i said to you that you said i had to tell this so you alluded to it earlier and yeah. i i remember when anybody who i remember watching the voice when i was maybe the UK voice, so I will have been like 21. So anybody might remember this. And there was a an act, there was a there's a guy on there who was like Axel Rose, and he was a, a rock artist. And he, I don't think he got through the first round. So anybody who watched the first series of the uh, the voice might remember it. And I remember looking at him, anybody who remembers Axel Rose from his early days in Guns N' Roses, he was a he was just a beautiful man. He was like, a good dude. For, that's, for that's sure, only, man. Like, like handsome isn't the word. He was a beautiful. It was a very, it was very effeminate. I don't, for whatever that matters. And I, I remember looking at this guy on the the voice, like, "Why am I attracted to you?" And like, <laughs> I never, I ne- never really had like these had that attraction to a man before. But I was like, "Why of you am I just so attracted to you?" And it was such a weird experience. And I was like, "What? What is this? Like, I, I don't totally. consider myself gay. And clearly, it didn't, I'm not. I'm not. And I wouldn't necessarily really consider myself bi." But for this, for this one person in this one moment, I was like, I really, I'm really attracted to you. Whatever yeah, this aura yeah, yeah. is, whether it's, it doesn't, I probably didn't really matter whether they were male or female because they had this aura about them, this confidence 
the the music, everything in this moment was like, I'm very attracted to this, whatever this is. And it probably didn't really matter, but it was the first time I remember being like, so it's yeah. with a with a male, like I'm 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 genuinely attracted to this. Dude, like I mean I, I, I can't even count the times that, that I've had that experience of like seeing a man or like it can be it can be different things. It could be a purely aesthetically going like you're a fucking good looking dude, man. Mm-hmm. You're hot as fuck. You know, that that's that's definitely something. But also I, I also like with certain friends that I have, I love them so deeply that it's it's more than just a fun friendship you know it's like a deep deep love that i can mm-hmm. understand even though it doesn't even though that it doesn't really translate for me into something sexual because i just it just isn't there for me like i just don't get i don't get a heart up i could i can mm-hmm. appreciate beauty and i can go like Oh, dude, I'm really looking at this guy right now. I can do that for yeah. sure, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like I want this person or or, mm. or I want to be inside him or he him inside me or whatever. Just those thoughts don't come up. But yeah. but like loving another man so deeply that I that I sometimes would think that God damn it, if I was gay, like I fuck the mm. shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, holy holy shit, definitely many friends yeah. like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's let's wrap this up. So we're gonna do a short Q and A after this. Um, if you've got a little bit of time. So yeah, for anybody for anybody listening to this, we do a QA after the main show. Now it's Patreon exclusive. You can pop your questions over on, on our Patreon page or in our Discord channel. If if you're not in that already, join our Discord channel. Uh, there's a section there you can put questions in or in the live chat. Anybody who's a patron also gets to watch the show live. You can ask questions in live t- in, in in lifetime in real time in the chat. Um, yeah, so if you enjoyed any show that I do in future, there's always going to be a bonus one after that is patron exclusive. Where it's just a Q and A. Q&A. We're going to get the audience is going to get to ask questions. We're just going to explore on the episode a little bit further. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. So if yeah, if you can, please go over to Patreon support. I think it's the price of buying me a cup of coffee once a month um, and I would very much appreciate it helps us keep growing and and to throw it back to, to earlier with you know with Mateus leaving one of the reasons why I wanted to carry on is because this, whilst it was in the in the public eye me and Mateus we have a whole team behind you know we have Bob that does the booking we have Rowan that does the editing we have Matt the Saxon storyteller that does all the artwork we have Alyssa who takes care of the social media now it's it's a team of people uh, so to wanted to carry carry that on and keep keep going forward and i think we I definitely think we will do so if you can take a moment to leave us five star rating positive review we'd appreciate it. obviously support us on instagram facebook youtube it's all just our Naughty mythology podcast Jonas, tell everyone where they can find you yeah well uh, i will keep uh, keep an eye on my uh, on the nabala youtube channel uh, we're going to be uh, releasing, I think we are releasing the first one in a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Skin and Arias, so there's going to be some teasers coming out for that uh, soon. Uh, so there's going to be live live videos from Midgard's Blood. Uh, for those of you who weren't there, who used, those of you who want to revisit it, um, it's going to be great. It's edited by Sarah, who also edited our uh, music videos. 
And of course, Shell has been mixing it and uh, doing his shit. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's mastered by Ivar from Slave. So it's gonna be it's gonna be sounding really 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 cool. Uh, so you can find that on the if you just go on YouTube and search for Nibala, that's uh, you find the, the channel. And then of course Instagram at Nibala Music. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find Nibala and Facebook as well. But yeah, give us a fuck on Facebook. <laughs> hey, join join our Facebook group. We our Facebook group's good. Yeah, we your fa- Facebook group is good. Yeah, come over and join that. But yeah, let's let's get out of here again. This hasn't been the most educational episode, but it's it's a fun one. I always love this. I we, think we this always... just, I, who knows? I think hey. people can learn a lot from listening to two. You know, yeah, okay. halfwits talk about deep things. You know, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So again, if you want to hear more. Patreon, there's the Q&A episode and we're going to be doing that for all the episodes in the future. Um, Yeah, take care.